0: You know, you look around this morning and you see diverse individuals. You see uh, individuals from different types of backgrounds. And yet, somehow, God has gifted each and every individual in this place. That is our contention this morning. That we believe that God has blessed us. And he has called us to make a difference within his local church and in the community he places us in. I hope that you'll take your Bibles this morning as we talk about some of those gifts, about how God speaks to us, how he so equips us so that we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse 1. There it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul speaks to this church. Remember, we've been studying this church for some time, right? Before football season began, we started 1 Corinthians. Do you remember that? And we've been looking at how God speaks through Paul to this church. A church that was going through disunity and issues and problems. A church that felt like it was spiritually mature and yet... Paul confronted their immaturity and he called them to work and he called them to minister to each other and to their community. And here in chapter 12, he speaks specifically about the spiritual gifts that he has given, that the Spirit of God has given to each person, and how those spiritual gifts are reflected within the church. Now, look, chapter 12 is packed, it is packed with information about spiritual giftedness. I mean, it's so packed that this morning there is no way that I can give you all of the nuggets that you will find. Or otherwise, we'll be here through Sunday school, right? But I do want to give you a lot of those things. I want to give you as much as possible in the next 30 minutes or so of, of how Paul addresses spiritual giftedness and how he speaks to the church because I think this is so applicable to us today notice in the verses i read a moment ago in these first three verses paul sets the context for us he, he actually he begins with a confession and this confession is what everything else is based upon notice he says again in verse one that he does not want them to be uninformed about spiritual gifts i mean if the church is gifted if in every individual has a gift. He doesn't want them to be uninformed about how they are to practice that giftedness. And then in verse 2, he says, You'll remember, you know, and the word there means that you know as a matter of fact, factually knowing that you are Gentiles and that now you're, you're different. But verse 3, he says, You are different because of the experience that you've had in the Lord Jesus Christ and the confession that you have made. Verse 3, he says, Therefore I make known. It is that idea of I make known by experience to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he says, Before we talk about spiritual giftedness, before we talk talk about what you do, You've got to talk about who you are. And you've got to talk about this basic confession that you have made. Each person, before they can truly experience giftedness in their lives, the spiritual giftedness, before they can truly exercise it for the kingdom of God, they have to understand first the lordship of Christ in their lives. They have to come to that point to where they confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, understand that that was the most basic and the earliest confession of the Christian church. You had to confess. You had to believe that Jesus is Lord. That was the confession that would ring true. And it's more than just making such a statement. For today in our churches, it is so easy to make statements. It's so easy to say things like, oh, yeah, I believe in God. And, yeah, I believe that Jesus was a good... It is so easy to make such statements. But when they would make such a confession in that early church, it meant that Jesus is Lord. That he wasn't... That they weren't worshiping the emperor of Rome, but they were submitting their lives to Jesus Christ. And that he would make such a difference in their lives that it would be evident for others to see. It began with such a confession. And Paul begins his whole explanation of spiritual giftedness by first pointing out a confession that Jesus is Lord. All of our experience, isn't it? All of our experience is rooted in that confession that Jesus is Lord. As we come together this morning, that's what binds us together, isn't it? I I say there, we see all kinds of people with different preferences. And I mean, if we were to start naming the preferences that we had this morning, right? Somebody has brought up uh, our allegiance to football. Can we just talk about tech from now on? Let's just, can we do that? <laughs> and, but there are all kinds of allegiances around here of different, if we're we, we, couldn't, we couldn't come this morning and we couldn't worship. We couldn't base our experience on those preferences. We can't even come this morning and talk about the different types of music that we'd like or the different preferences that we'd have there. Those are not the things in any case that bind us together. What binds us together is the basic confession that Jesus is Lord. That is what binds us together as a people. And we have to... Begin there, and I, I'm, I so appreciate the Apostle Paul as he approaches spiritual giftedness that he says, don't forget that the only way that you could confess that is for the Holy Spirit first to work in your life and give you that conviction and give you such a heart. He says, that's where you begin. Before you talk about how the Spirit has gifted you, you've got to think about how the Spirit has brought the gift of salvation to your heart. And allowed you to make such a confession. And isn't that the greatest gift? Isn't that the greatest gift? That the Spirit worked in your life and he worked in mine to bring us to salvation. Yes, my friends, I believe in choice. I believe that we can say yes or no to God. I believe we can do that. But I do not believe we can be saved unless the Holy Spirit first work in our lives, and bring conviction over our sins and lead us to a place of salvation. And that's really what Paul is saying here, I think. He says, understand, you've got to come to that. But you, were, you were living a life. You were, you were following these idols that, that couldn't speak, that couldn't hear. You were following them. But God intervened in your life through the Holy Spirit, and he changed you. As you confessed your whole existence... And as you recognized Jesus as Lord. So it begins with a confession. So before we even get into all the spiritual gifts and all the spiritual giftedness, we have to first say this morning, Jesus is Lord. That's the confession that binds us together. And it is the confession that motivates us to make a difference. With that being said, he moves in to chapter um, 2 verse 4. And following, in particular, in verse 7. I'm gonna come back to verse 4 in a minute, but look in verse 7. After Paul gives you a confession around which we all find our identity, he then gives what I believe to be a definition of spiritual giftedness or spiritual gifts in verse 7. Now, Dr. Stan Norman, who taught at New Orleans Seminary, the best seminary, would you say amen over that, please? the rest of my staff need to hear that, that you, Dr. Stan Norman, who taught at New Orleans Seminary, taught me uh, some theology classes, and I remember working through the spiritual gifts with him, and he pointed out to me, chapter 12, verse 7, and he said to me that he believed it to be a definition of spiritual gifts. And really, when I look at it, and I've studied it, and I've continued to study it, I've think it is also a very concise definition of what a spiritual gift is. Verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Let's break down that definition. A manifestation. A manifestation of the Spirit. The word manifestation means that it is something that has been revealed. It is something that is plain for individuals to see. It is something that that people can detect in your life. It is a manifestation of the Spirit. Now, I know that that's a rather ambiguous term, isn't it? I mean, when you look at it I brought out my little Greek manuscript and I looked in the back and I I looked at some other areas. And that word for manifestation is so, it is is so ambiguous. It's just like anything that has been, that, that reveals the power of the spirit in an individual's life. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I like things to be a little more defined. Okay. I know that some of you are like that. Because you're engineers, right? (laughs) You don't like to leave that ambiguity on the table. You like things to be very neat and classified. And yet here, I believe Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Spirit, he leaves it rather ambiguous. Because I think it can really cover a host of different elements or characteristics in our lives that just reveal the spirit of God you know when you go through the New Testament for example and you'll see different lists you'll see a list here in chapter 12 you'll go over to Romans and you'll see Romans 12 6-8 and there, there you'll find a list of spiritual gifts and you'll go over to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 you'll see there will be some and, and even in other places you see these different lists of spiritual gifts now Again, I like for things to be neat and categorized. So what I'd like to do, what I wished I had seen in Scripture, I'll be quite honest, is that all of those lists would mirror one another. Everything would look just like. So that we knew that there were eight gifts, boom, 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 everything fell under those eight. But that's not what you find, is it? When you look through those... List. they're actually different now i know what you're thinking no problem no problem dr reggie what we can do is we can take all of those lists and we can compile them together in one grand list and then there we have the list of spiritual gifts i know what you're thinking and that's what we've done oftentimes but i'm not even sure that's correct Because I don't think there is one definite specific list of spiritual gifts. I think that's the reason they're all different. And each list was not to be exhaustive. It was to be exemplary. There were just examples. Paul wasn't going to give you the whole list of spiritual gifts here in Corinthians. He was just saying, for example, this one and this one and this one. The list are exemplary, not exhaustive. They are representative. They are not all inclusive. I think he left it that way, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so that we would see that there are all kinds of gifts. You could never begin to formulate a list of all the spiritual gifts within the church you just couldn't do that now we can try to fit them into certain categories and I know some of you are looking at me and saying oh Dr. Reggie you know I took that spiritual inventory and there was only a certain group there and now you're blowing you're you're blowing my mind and perspective out out of the water because I thought I had figured it out and this was exactly what it was because Lifeway said this was what it was A manifestation is something that, is, that just simply is plain to others. It is revealed. It doesn't mean that it has to be on a certain little list that the church gives you. It can be anything that demonstrates the power of the Holy Spirit to the local church and to the community. I really do believe that. You see, when I was growing up, I used to think there was a certain list of spiritual gifts and then there were just talents. Now, yes, I know that people are talented and that is, I understand the difference of how a talent can be uh, something that just comes from one's own strength. I got all that, okay? I understand. But I also think sometimes those things we call talents could actually be spiritual gifts. That if God takes them and uses them in a special way to manifest His presence, I think you could classify that as a spiritual gift. Man, we have beaten up on our music people in the church, haven't we? The people who lead the music. I mean, we. And sometimes Jeremy deserves it. I will admit that, okay? But we have beaten up, oh, the <clears throat> singing, you know, it's a talent. It's not a spiritual gift. Well, I say to you, I would submit to you something different, maybe a different little paradigm for you, but I would submit to you this morning that if God takes that one specific singer, that one specific voice, and he does something in a special, just wonderful way within the church context, I think God could use that as a spiritual gift. Not just a talent, a gift. Because I think he can take anything and everything. It's a manifestation. It's not something you can always get your hand on so clear, uh, so easily. But it is a manifestation, something that reveals the work of the Spirit. It is a manifestation. It is empowered by the Spirit. A manifestation of the Spirit. It is empowered by the Spirit. In other words, it is not your own energy. You're not accomplishing it on your own. But it is empowered by the Spirit here. Manifestation of the Spirit. There's an emphasis in this passage on the Spirit's work, on the Spirit's empowerment of the local church to demonstrate its gifts. Even in that verse 1 where it said spiritual gifts, the word there is pneumaticon. It's the word pneuma, which means breath or spirit in the New Testament. It means that this gift is of the spirit. Later, in this same passage, they will use the word uh, charismata, the idea of charismatic. They will use that word to describe just gifts. Now, that means something like grace gift, that you have these gifts... Not because of your own talent or a giftedness, but because God in his grace gave you that gift. It wasn't something you deserved. It was something he granted in his grace. And here it is something that is empowered by the Spirit. And you know what I'm talking about. Those individuals where you, you can sense the Spirit of God using them in this way. That's the reason I would say I, I've, I've heard people lead worship and sing and, and you know what? I've recognized that yes, they may be talented but there was something else significant about their ministry. It was as though the Spirit was empowering them and conveying that message in a powerful way. Manifestation of the Spirit. A manifestation, it is empowered by the Spirit. Notice he says, it is given to each one. Each one. In other words, every individual believer has at least one gift. Every individual believer has at least one gift. Now, I don't want to burst your bubble, but you don't have all the gifts individually, okay? Well, I thought I was a gift in it. We, individually, we do not have all the gifts. And no gift is given to everybody. Uh, no gift is given to everybody. To every believer, that one gift. What do I mean by that? Well, there are some that will teach today that, well, you have this gift. If you're a true believer, you have this gift. Some of my brothers and sisters, they might say something like, well, if you are a believer in Christ, you have the gift of tongues. But no gift is given to every believer. No one gift. Notice verse 28 of chapter 12. He says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Understand, he asked these different questions and they're rhetorical questions that demand the answer no. No. No, not everybody has the gift of prophecy. No, not everybody has the gift of apostleship. No, not everybody has the gift of miracles. Not everybody has certain gifts. And even here he mentions the gift of healing, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. He says, absolutely not. So for those who would suggest that one gift has to be seen in every believer... I think they have missed this passage or they've not given significance to it. Because yes, every one of us has at least one gift, verse 7, but there's not one gift that is evident among all believers. We're all different. We all have differences in our lives. Each one has been gifted in a unique, specific way to make a difference for the kingdom. So I don't know if you got this, but that means that if you're a believer, you have at least one gift, spiritual gift. You could have more. Not all of them, but you could have more. You have at least one. Some of you probably could say, Brother Reggie, this is exactly what my gift is. Some of you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Some of you are probably still kind of focusing and looking and saying, I'm trying to, trying to figure it out a little bit. I would suggest to you, and I'll have to come back one day. Again, don't have enough time. Loy would be very aggravated with me if I got you out at 1020 today. But, Loy, I hate to tell you, I'm not really sympathetic to LSU fans right now, so it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Let me give you something, four ways in which you might define your your spiritual gift. We'll come back to it one day, maybe 18 years from now. I'll come back to it, and we'll flesh it out. But let me give you four ways in which I think you can try to define your spiritual gift. Remember, it can be anything. It's not just the miraculous. It can be natural. It can be a manifestation. It could be so many different things. So let me say this to you. One, pray. I know that sounds so preachy. But God says if we lack wisdom, we ought to ask him. He's more than willing to give us wisdom. So pray. Say, God, I need help here. I need wisdom. Show me the gift that you have in my life and how you want to use it. Pray. Pray. Um, second, look, look, look at the local church, look at its ministries. Now I have to be careful here because I'm asking you to be a little bit critical of the local church. And when I lead you into that area of criticism, I'm afraid that it could boomerang on me. But let me at least say, be a little critical of the local church and say, which ministries really need some strengthening which ministries in the church needs a little bit of help and assistance because get this if that area needs assistance it may very be well be you that should be practicing that spiritual gift to bring the strength that needs to be brought to that area so look around at the local church Maybe the reason that need is not being met is because you have been gifted and He wants God wants to call you to make a difference in that area. So look, I would say to you, number three, ask. Ask. Well, I thought you said in that first area to ask God. Well, yes, that's right. But here I would say to you, ask other believers. Ask other believers. Haven't we said that we believe the Holy Spirit dwells in each believer. So if the Holy Spirit dwells in each believer, I, I'm a big big proponent of this, that the church helps to confirm our spiritual giftedness. That people who are gifted, people who have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, that they can give you guidance and counsel. When I was when I surrendered to preach, when I was 16 years of age, I remember afterwards so many people coming up and saying things like, I knew you were going to be a preacher. Now, I wanted to say, what well, didn't you tell me beforehand? You could have saved me some of this struggle. But it was like the church just confirmed that. So I would ask people, what do you see? How do you see God using me? What kind of gifts do you think? And be okay about it. It may not be the one that you thought you had or that you wanted, but listen as the Spirit of God uses other people in your life, other believers in your life, to help you define that. And then that fourth one I'd say try it. Try it. Try it. Now I know it's P L A T, Platt. That's just for me to remember, but maybe you can remember that. Pray, look, ask, try. Try. What will it hurt to just simply try something? See, a lot of folks, what they do is they, um, they kind of sit not in a comfortable chair like this, usually the pew that you have, and uh, they say, you know what, I'm just going to sit here till God will show me what I'm supposed to do. Conviction just broke out across this congregation, I think. You know, when God shows me my spiritual gift, I will get up and do what I'm supposed to do. What's wrong with just trying? If you believe that God might be leading you to, to teach and there comes up a substitute moment, maybe don't go in full-fledged, but if it's a, it's just, hey, I'm substitute today in my son's school class and they need one and and, and I'll ask them, can I study and teach? And, and just try it and, and see, does God bring a measure of effectiveness and fulfillment in what you're doing? And how do people respond? So I would just briefly give those to you that you want to pray and you want to look and you want to ask and you want to just try as God refines that spiritual giftedness. Now, I'm not against spiritual inventories, but I say to you, I think God works on us and he refines us in so many different ways. And sometimes he doesn't make it that easy for us because he wants us to struggle with really our spiritual lives to see where we are and what he wants us to do. But God can use anything and everything. Finally, I would just say to you that as he gives this definition of spiritual gifts, he says, for the profit of all. Notice that the spiritual gift in particular should be used within the context of the local church. Now, when I say that, some of you are going to somehow isolate your spiritual giftedness just to these four walls. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, though, that your spiritual gift as it is expressed among your brothers and sisters in Christ, as it is brought out into the community, that it is a ministry of the local church. How are you building up the local church through your spiritual gift? Now, when I got married, we had all these things called showers. You, Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was never invited to any of them, but we had these showers. And you signed up for a list, and you hoped to have certain things, and I learned back then that there was something called China. And it was very pretty stuff. I mean, Leslie picked out a certain deal. It was beautiful. I thought, this is awesome. So we got married. And uh, maybe a week, two, three later or something, I looked at Leslie and I said something like, let's eat on the China tonight. And she said, no. And I said, yeah, but we've been married now, and we got all this stuff, and I want it." Mm, no. Reggie, don't understand. You don't eat on China. I was like, well, what? I mean, uh, they're plates, they're bowls, what? She said, you don't, you don't eat on China. And, and you know what? In 15 years, I've never eaten on that China. <laughs> Used to in Zachary, you at least would see it, you know, up. Now it's still up in the, I don't it's still up in the storage room, I think, from where we moved. I'm kind of like, what is the purpose of having China? If you can't eat on it, you give me a plate, I want to eat on it. But you know what I have found in our churches? We have a lot of China sitting on our pews. And they look good, but they're not really being used. They're not allowing themselves to demonstrate the spiritual giftedness that God has placed in their lives. Now I say to you, I just don't have time this morning to unpack the rest of it. But what Paul says in this passage, after he gives you the confession and the definition, is he gives you these analogies. He gives you two analogies. The analogy of the Trinity, the analogy of the body of Christ. The analogy of the Trinity, the analogy of a human body. In verses 4 through 6... You'll see there where it talks about their diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Their differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Their diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. He says, basically, we have all these different differences, uh, different things in our lives. We have differences in our lives. And yet, we're unified as a church because we want to make a difference. Just as God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Do you notice that? The same spirit, the same Lord, who I would say Jesus. Remember, he just said Jesus is Lord. And the same God, who I believe represents the Father at this point. They're all three. All three of members of the Trinity, the persons of the Trinity, all of them had unique roles. Each one had his own purpose. And yet, each one worked together in such a way that there was a unifying factor. The diversity of roles... But the unification of purpose. Later on, he'll read, he'll mention the human body as that analogy. He says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. He continues on, verse 15 If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And he continues on basically making this argument of the human body that we need diverse members of our body. The hand doesn't look at the eye and say, Hey, I don't need you. The eye doesn't look at the hand and say, Hey, I can do without you. Each one has his or her role. And together, collectively, unified, they're able to function appropriately what is the what is so sad today is that spiritual gift giftedness those spiritual gifts have actually become such a divisive part of the church when it was when spiritual gifts were actually supposed to unify the church but individuals it, those of us in our fallenness, and our humanity, what we have done is we have allowed that to divide us instead of unifying around the cause of Christ. Here he speaks to us. He says to us that it begins with a confession that Jesus is Lord, that it is a manifestation of the Spirit that is given to each one to profit all, he says. And that it is given... Yes, with our diversity, but it is given to bring unity to the cause of Christ. And I say to you this morning that God has gifted you uniquely right where you are. Yes, to minister within the church context, to minister in your workplace and your community, exercising the giftedness that God has given you. He's not called you to be Christian China. He has called you to be active, to be effective for the kingdom of God. This morning, would you commit yourself to being used? Commit your spiritual gift... Lay it on the table. Some of you say, I still haven't figured that out. You know what? This morning's a good time to pray and look and ask. Maybe even try. Maybe you need to start there. But for those of you who know, you know it may be compassion or teaching, it, 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 it may be scrubbing the floors with a servant's heart, whatever it is. Would you give it to Christ and would you use it to uplift his people and to reach others with the gospel of Christ? Listen this morning to his word and commit yourself to it as we pray. Father, we bow this morning. And Lord, we are thankful for giving us better than what we deserve. God, for your grace, for the spiritual gifts that you have provided. And God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are here. I pray that today you would encourage them, that you would inspire them, that you would call them forth. Lord, to exercise that gift that they have and make a difference for the kingdom. Lord, we pray that you will just bless now this time of invitation. Help us to respond to your strength, to your voice, to your power. In Jesus' name.